So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie D.I.G. Derek. Thanks a lot for joining us, and I'm sure we'll have you on again down the road. So now for episode 29 of Easy Conversations. Matt and I will be looking at... Well, Matt, actually, you can introduce the topic we'll be discussing today. What's going on, everybody? So today for episode 29, which... Congratulations! Like that's a lot of episodes, and yep, like not many podcasts survive that long. We're over uh, the hump. Uh, tonight we're gonna t- be talking about gangster movies, more specifically Martin Scorsese gangster movies. Uh, we're gonna be talking about four of them. Um, so the first movie we're gonna talk about is it's gonna be hard for me to talk about this one because it's my favorite movie of all time. So I'm very, it's not, I'm not gonna be very objective. Is a 1990s Goodfellas classic. Yeah. So before I talk about it, Eric, I just want to like, when's the first time you watched the movie? Or do you remember your first time watching the movie? Oh, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it's when I started to get into watching these classic movies. I want to say even before that, because I know my dad's a big Goodfellas guy. And that's how I got nice. introduced to it is that he always talked about it being like one of the best movies of all time. He's a big De Niro fan, like I've already said on the pod. So I forget exactly when. I want to say like 2010, though. That's a ballpark year when I watch it. And I remember I I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. I was a big fan of the homie De Niro's character, Jimmy Conway. Mm -hmm. You know, he always rooted for bad guys in movies, (laughs) and so did I. So do I, actually. So this is a bit of a something we have in common but yeah no the acting in that movie is phenomenal right you got joe pesci which that was probably the first movie i'd seen him in other than home alone right (laughs) because i feel like there's actually a certain niche of people who have only seen joe pesci in those light-hearted like christmas comedy movies absolutely so that was definitely the first time i've seen him in uh, the roles he's most known for right as tommy in goodfellas Mm -hmm. the iconic uh, Funny how scene. Yeah. It's just a classic scene, which was ad libbed. Like it wasn't was even it? planned. Yeah, they, oh, okay. They just uh, it wasn't scripted. But I just want to bring it back. You said it's one of those movies that got you into watching all the classics. Well, for me, Goodfellas is literally like the first masterpiece I had seen, and it's the movie that started my obsession with cinema. We'll say. I was like, I was 15 years old when I first stumbled upon it on TV. It was like 12. It was midnight. And I, I turn the channel and I see it's the opening shot of the movie where they're uh, outside, like they open the trunk and there's a dead body and they start like Joe Pesci starts stabbing him. Yeah. And then it freeze frames and the guy and, and uh, Ray Liotta's character, Henry, says, as far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. And I was hooked from that line. And the rest is history like i just wanted to devour movies after that movie unreal opening scene one of my favorites all time actually i actually wrote so in one of my this kind of a sidebar quickly and one of my creative writing classes in england actually i wrote a story based on goodfellas that my own character was like a ex-mafia man and one of the opening lines was as far back as i can remember (laughs) i always wanted to be a gangster just complete rip of goodfellas and it's not ripping off. It's just tributing, you know. Homage. You know? Tarantino does it all the time. Yeah. But no. So, what I, the first thing I like, the first thing I love about Goodfellas is it's based on a true story. This man named Wise Henry guys. Hill. Yeah. The book Wise Guys, and this this 
this uh, Henry Hill guy was like a real mobster. And then, uh, first of all, we're going to be spoiling all these movies. Just this came if, out in 1990, yeah. so it's kind of on you if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it's like 29 years old. Yeah. Um, but, like, the guy, like, lived through all these events and was even helping during movie production, like, giving advice and saying, oh, that's how this character acted. That's how this character... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was involved in production. Like, this is the way this character held a cigarette. And, wow. Yeah, De Niro would be calling Jimmy Conway from jail and asking him advice. No yeah, way. I'm not even joking. It's that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, but, so, Goodfellas, to me... It basically it glor the first half of the movie it glorifies the that lifestyle the wise guy lifestyle, but then just when you think like oh this this is you want it it's like chasing that dream it just comes all crashing down and then you realize oh yeah that's why I don't <laughs> yeah. that's why we're not doing that because yeah. it's this is the, the repercussions are really horrible, and even at the end like Henry says that, um but um. Eric, I just wanted to ask you, the violence and had you ever seen movies before that with like just shocking moments and violence? Because I find Goodfellas has like several, everything's fine. And then boom, like brutal murder or mm -hmm. like extreme. Um, not that I can recall off the top, to be honest, because I know I watched Scarface not uh, long after okay. seeing uh, Goodfellas. So it was, they're all like intertwined together, but no, Goodfellas is probably the first one where I've seen that kind of violence. Like, Cause when I was 15, that's what hit me the most was like the opening scene. And then the scene where Tommy, uh, kills Billy bats in a sudden fury, like a sudden outburst in that diner scene. And then the scene where, um, well, when Henry rolls up to his Karen's neighbor, oh. And then just beats him with the butt of his yeah, gun. That, that like, that's a brutal scene me. too, right? No, the scene I was thinking of was the scene with Tommy and the waiter that messed yeah. up his drink. Right. Who that waiter uh, Spider went to play a major character in The Sopranos. Okay. Um, I seen that that, that scene completely floored me the first time because when he just like everyone's like razzing him like, oh, what are you going to joking around? And then he just pulls out a gun and shoots him. Yeah. And apparently that the real life Tommy character was a psychopath like that you can you never knew when he would just flip the switch and go mental and joe pesci perfectly portrayed that in the movie which earned him a best supporting oscar uh for that fun fact that's i when he won the oscar it was one of the shortest acceptance speeches in history he just said this is a privilege and an honor thank you that's all he said. Nice. Yeah. No straight shooter. No yeah. need to overextend your stay and get that music playing. You know, he knows what's up. No, I know. He's very low key. You know, we always see him like explosive in the movies, but he's a very quiet guy. And actually looking at his like filmography the other day, he hasn't been in that many movies overall. Not, not a lot at all. Exactly. Like he, and he retired, like he did a movie in 2006, then retired and did one movie in 2010. And then he did the Irishman, which will, we, we will be talking about later. Yeah. But no, he he picked his roles, you know. Uh, I find him equally funny in Goodfellas, like in a dark sort of way, and then equally like I'm disgusted by him. Right. And um, that's just to kind of portray the two sides of the lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Like the wise guy lifestyle looks like mm -hmm. it's all that glamour and just yeah. living the life, but really it's a sick lifestyle that they're living. Like they're killing people. 
Yeah, like there's all the while. one shot in the, the one of the shots in the movie. It's a famous study camp three minute shot of Henry, our main character, entering the club with his girlfriend through the mm, back yeah. way, tipping everybody, going through the kitchen, getting a table at the front. Every all the waiters like accommodating them right away, and like that's like the beautiful part of it. But then second half, you see the bad side. Uh, but like to me, the mo- the movie is filled with like timeless iconic scenes one after another like the funny how that that exchange which you think like the first time i saw it i didn't know joe pesci was screwing with henry right yeah you have no idea and what he's gonna you do. can see everyone around them like the the body language of everyone surrounding them is they didn't know what was gonna happen yeah um, also knowing how his character acts we don't know yet but they know how he can flip the switch exactly right? and that kind of gives us a glimpse of what we're what to expect from him yeah. right Ray Liotta, who plays our main character, Henry, was like a newcomer. Like, he had only done a couple movies before. And sadly, he's not really around much now. He doesn't do, like, big movies. But, like, mm-hmm. that's that's the role that defined him. Yeah. Um, he does, does he have gr- any other big roles? Yeah, like, he... No, not, not main roles. Like, he's in the movie Hannibal. I was just going to say Hannibal gets a quick lobotomy no, he, he real plays, quick. And he's in Copland. Like, he plays, like, side characters. But... This is his best movie, and he does great. Same with the actress who plays his wife in the movie. Mm-hmm. She was also in The Sopranos, Lorraine Bracco. And, like, she's excellent in the movie. Like, the the scenes when they're fighting and yeah. going, like, that's... It's too... It looks too real to when me. When he wakes up and she's pointing the gun in his which face. Which is a true... A classic Which scene. really happened. Wow. He, sa- he claims. Imagine that waking up with a gun pointed yeah. in between Still your eyes. Still diffuses the situation perfectly oh. and ends up on top. Like, oh, I... Yeah, I, I feel like watching the movie now. I know, we're right? Talking about I it. just watched it the other day, yeah. too. And you're talking about Robert De Niro's character. Like, he's my favorite actor, and I love this character. Like, robbing a truck and then tipping the, putting like money in the driver's wallet yeah. and like saying, okay, well, tip me, let me know if there's any other good shipments. Yeah. And, uh, but that real life character he played Jimmy is, was a psychopath, too. And you see it in the end when like he starts organizing the murders of everyone that was involved in the, uh, robbery they did at the airport yeah so starting with samuel l jackson oh yeah Poor little guy. role yeah. yeah stacks i think stacks yeah. yeah yeah nice yeah so goodfellas is would you say that that's one of your favorite movies all it's time? my number one number and one, not yeah. just because of the quality of the movie it's the movie that kick-started me going to blockbuster the next day and renting any other martin scorsese movie me starting to collect his movies and then collect movies in general like that literally goodfellas started me started my movie collection yeah. so uh, it's very important to me i know you said that it's your favorite of his but you would you say that that's his magnum opus like his chef d'oeuvre that is such a hard question to answer well, we can get into some oh. of the some of his other movies. I, right? You know what? No, I don't think it is. Okay. I think Raging Bull is his nice. masterpiece. Yeah. Like, if I were to pick one movie, it'd be Raging Bull. Because Taxi Driver, he was a little. It's not as refined as Raging Bull, but I, we're not gonna get off tangent here. Well, kind of on that topic, I watched Raging Bull the other day, and I'd say I definitely need to see it a few more times to put it that high as others do. Right? Like right. people praise it and revere this movie. I thought it was pretty good, but. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't have that appreciation. It wasn't in the right mind state. Any movie you, is that good. Sorry. Any movie you watch and to put in that category of like math, you have to watch it more than once. Right. Any movie, oh, I any sure. movie I hold, like some movies I did not like the first time. Now they're in my like favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. So you, you, 
a second watch is crucial. Would you say it's kind of a gangster movie too, though? Because there's kind of a mafia undertone going on in that movie, right? I think you just said it perfectly. It's a mafia undertone, but it's not a gangster movie. I would say it's more like not a biopic, but like a movie about a real life boxer. If anything, it's a boxing movie, but it's it's more a drama on this person's life. Right. And I know, like I've seen Raging Bull so many times. I went to the theater to see it during a festival, and it was even better on the big screen. And I really feel for that character. But that's Raging Bull um, in Goodfellas. The main thing that I take from the movie, like I said before, is how Scorsese tells this story. Like he basically he took the book Wise Guys, which is I've read it twice. It's very long. He basically took like the highlights and then presented it to us pretty much in like the perfect storytelling method. Some voiceover, not too much. Like in another movie we're going to talk about soon, Casino. I think there's a little too much in that one. Perfect blend of showing the characters outside of their gangster family and just their personal lives. Showing the murders and the real life events. It's just all blended into like a two hour, I think it's like two hours, 20 minutes. No wasted scenes. There's even near the end, they show one day in Henry Hill's life. With like the time time stamp too at the bottom of the screen like what time of day and it's like it's one crazy day and every time I get to that scene in the movie I'm like how did this guy like survive this long like doing that right. day after day and it's so like looks he's ta- taking drugs yeah. taking drugs at like 6 in the morning just to stay up and dealing with everyone it really hit me and then inevitably like the reason why he's not in he wasn't in jail is he he basically snitched on everybody witness per- nine yeah so it's kind of like the i mean he wasn't scared when the movie came out cuz that everybody is pretty much dead or in jail that would know me right. so he was only scared of people trying to make a name for him, themselves by killing him but no. was he not going under a different name though in witness protection by the end of the movie at the end of the Yes, at the end of our movie, but when Goodfellas was being filmed, I think he was pretty much out. Okay. Yeah. And he actually lived quite long. He passed away re- fairly recently, I yeah, believe. I know Jimmy Conway's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, well, yeah, we know. Tommy got made. That's a tough scene. Oh, I and I, I was confused the first time I watched it because I'm like, why did they kill him? But yeah, then they explained. can't mess with a made man, you know, which he did. Yeah. Hot-headed. Uh, the scene where they're having dinner with his mom, too, is funny. Like, when they have to go oh dispose of the body, she's like, oh, you, you never come around anymore. Like, and he grabs the knife. Oh, Ma, Ma I need this knife yeah, for you. Yeah, the deer yeah. got its paws or the hoof stuck in the grill. Yeah, which yeah. is, that's Martin Scorsese's mom in this scene. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. she's in a lot of his movies like as a cameo so if we want to transition over yeah. to casino now <laughs> there's also like you spoke on the the voiceover component in goodfellas and casino and i feel like that's a staple in not only scorsese movies but also just gangster movies in general that's a classic storytelling tool to start us off at one point and then like oh let's bring it back a little bit and present the events that are happening in the movie as though they have already unfolded. And then we're going to get to where it kind of starts to turn and dip. Like that's kind of the classic mold that a gangster movie follows in right. my opinion. Correct. And so, so casino, which came out like five years after Goodfellas, it was pretty much, I think he was trying to top Goodfellas because he, again, based on a book, based on real life characters, he changed the names in the movie, but that, 
to me, I think that was supposed to be like his magnum opus gangster mm. film. You know, it's like over three hours long and the first 30 minutes is like a lesson on how to skim a casino with right. all the voiceover. It's, it's interesting, but it's, you, you have to pay attention. You, your mind cannot drift while watching casino or you're going to lose track of what they're saying. So, which could be a problem. I mean, not to cut you off here, but as we were talking off air before, one of the reasons why I could, can't really say I'm, I was a big fan of casino also only saw it once is that I was probably getting, I was drifting off on my phone at the same time, maybe on my computer as well mm. and not having my full attention focus on the movie. So I definitely would benefit from rewatching it. But my initial impression of the movie was that I was not that impressed by it. I remember the first scene got me hooked because you see De Niro walking up to his up. car. Yeah. You assume that he turns yeah. on his car and dies in the car because his car blows up. But we come yeah. to find out that that doesn't happen, yeah. right? He gets out or whatever. I forget there, yeah. but that's kind that's of a, a solid... week. It was a trick. Like, Oh, we think that's the end of the movie or yeah. something. And it was only three quarters. Yeah. But no. like you're watching the movie thinking you're seeing this guy's story, knowing that at some point he's going to go in his yeah. car and die. Like yeah. that's kind of a good way to hook your viewer. And I was hooked, but I remember thinking the pace was slow and I just wasn't that interested at the time. The, the pace. So for casino, I really liked the movie, but I will never put it in my like, all-time favorites because the pacing is slow i love the story they tell about like las vegas and how the mob like their influence there and what they did and all the skimming and the, the scams but and like in like the biggest takeaway from the movie for me is sharon stone's character ginger she's fantastic in the movie and she plays a great psycho and then you got de niro and joe pesci again and yeah they have their usual scenes you know pesci being like this, like the scene where he stabs the guy with the the pen. You remember I don't that? Remember. No. The okay. Well, Robert <laughs> De Niro is just sitting there, and a guy De Niro picks up a pen and says, "Excuse me, sir, is this your pen?" And then the guy's like, "Yeah, that's my pen. Why don't you take it and shove it up your ass?" So and then De Niro's all like, "Okay." And then uh, uh, Nikki, Joe Pesci's character, comes over and he's like, "Did you just tell my friend Ed?" And basically takes the pen and starts stabbing the guy in the neck and kills him. And then more voiceover. Like, it's got those typical scenes of, like, rage, which there's one in The Irishman, too, which we'll talk about. Right. But I think Casino is a little too formulaic. Like, okay, we've seen it before. We've seen, like, the 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 beatings and, like, the scenes of interrogation where Pesci's playing tough again and the downfall but if you you've only seen it once, I've seen it many times. When you see when you rewatch Casino more and more, you start to notice all the like the side characters and the stuff going on right. that's not part of the main story, and it's actually quite good. And there's a lot of little like not fan servicing, but like little Easter eggs mm. for like like one of the characters is Don Rickles, who was an old comedian, and like he used to hang out with Frank Sinatra and all those those guys who okay. were with gangsters in Las Vegas at the time. So like he kind of, yeah, I don't know, inserted like real life homages yeah, to gangsters exactly, like exactly that culture. Cool. No, I know. I mean, a lot of people put Casino pretty high up there for their favorite movies of all time, let alone <sighs> gangster genre. So I'm sure there is a lot of merit to that movies and like entertainment and storytelling. I just wasn't into it at the time. I think that was what it was. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not really the length that really bothers me. Cause I can, I can watch a long movie like the Irishman all day. 
it, I just have to be focused, I think. And yeah. that goes for most people. And that nowadays we kind of have a short attention span and we're distracted a lot. Yeah. So that can take away from our viewing experience, right? And and all the voiceover in Casino, it's not easy stuff they're explaining. I've listened to it many times and like you have to like understand what they're saying. And they're, they don't like stop to give you pause and give you explanation. Like it's just rapid delivery and here's right. what's going on and you have to understand and then they use terms that like like teamsters and teamsters fun like which i hadn't i didn't know what that was when i first yeah. watched casino and they touch upon that in the irishman actually with jimmy hoffa and all that yeah uh, but no casino it's 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 like a mature gangster movie and i think it's got a mystique of it's cool to like it yeah. Because it's, oh, it's a cool gangster movie. It's violent. It's brutal. Like, yeah. uh, Nikki, Joe Pesci's character's death with his brother getting burnt. Have you, do you remember that scene? Is that in the cornfield? Oh, there? my God. Yeah, that's yeah, brutal. Yeah. I, I was, that. I was like yeah. 16 when I, yeah. no, 15 when I first saw that, and I was shocked. I'm Big like, no, year, they're not going just. Yeah, I was cranking out, out there, all those. Yeah. Mo- I think that's the second movie I rented after nice. Goodfellas. I'm like, <laughs> Casino next. See, that's the thing. I think yeah. Goodfellas is much just easier Crisper. to watch. You don't have to yeah. focus that much. Nah. It's shorter also, which yeah. can help for a lot of people it, it's, there. The editing's tighter. Like, it's not as... It's much quicker pace, and it's not, like, too... In, like, Casino has a lot of, like, not indulgent scenes, but, like, I think Scorsese could have shortened it. Mm-hmm. You know, no one was going to tell him to cut that movie because right. he had so much power and influence, which is why a lot of his movies, by the way, are very long. No producer will go tell him... Hey Marty, uh, shorten your movie. It's too long. Like right. he he's walked out on production companies because of yeah. that. Yeah. So Casino, you're not. I mean, not I think, the I biggest... think the moral of the story is here. I'd have to rewatch it. Okay. It's on Netflix. So I'll just okay. crush it one night there and. Uh, no, I, focus, I I really like turn it. Turn the phone off and. I I wouldn't even put it though. Like I don't even know if it make my top. 10 favorite Scorsese movies. Wow, That's okay. like how much I think he has so much other better stuff. Okay. And yeah. then in the gangster film genre itself, would mm-hmm. you put it in your top 10? Oh, not, not even close. Not no, even no. Close. There's so okay. many other gangster movies. So then the years go by and Martin Scorsese still doesn't have an Oscar and everyone's saying what's going on. How come Scorsese doesn't have an Oscar when all these other ones do? And then 2006 comes and he releases the departed. Let's go. Cool. And did you watch the, did you remember when that came out? I know you were probably fairly young. You were probably 13 when The Departed came out. 12. 12. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was 15. Like I, I was just it's turning. Year. Exactly. I was just turning 16. And I remember when it, I saw the trailer, my dad says, mm, you know what, Matt, you're going to wait till you're 16 before watching The Departed. And I was outraged. He's, <laughs> I'm like, why can't I watch it? He's like, well, because it's rated R for a lot of language and violence. And I said, well. I mean, I didn't want to tell him I've been watching these movies late <laughs> yeah. at night on TV that were super violent. But I said, okay. Like, I saw your blockbuster. So when I was 16, I rented The Departed and Taxi Driver because nice. he wouldn't let me watch Taxi Driver. I pop in The Departed and I was blown away by the amazing acting, the violence, like the twists and turns in the story. And then sure enough, Scorsese like, like finally gets his Oscar Best Director best picture which is his production it's not him but he he's finally honored and i think he's honored not just for the departed but for his past all his other accomplishments that he got snubbed on like raging bull in 1980 uh but uh, you watched the departed recently you just told me right i had seen it a long time ago i forget when maybe 2010 again or something i don't know but yeah i watched it this weekend so it's, it's this saturday that just passed 
loved it. I oh, had good. completely forgotten about what happened. I knew some certain plot points. Like I remembered that Matt Damon got killed by Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Love that scene. Yeah. And um, I the knew, ending. Yeah. I knew that. Um, I knew most characters died in the yeah. movie. There basically, I just forgot how. It's how though. That's amazing. Exactly. About it. And yeah. also, I'd forgotten that um, Billy. Bill, yeah, Leo's Leonardo character. Caprio's yeah. character. I forgot that he died, and I was rooting uh, for him to get away. That's the thing. Yeah. But then I saw the scene progress, and then when they met on the rooftop at the end there with Matt Damon's character, um, Colin. Colin, yeah. Um, I knew something was going to go wrong for uh, Billy, and then sure enough, some random guy just pops in out of nowhere and snuffs him but no, it was a great movie a lot of twists and turns like you said awesome cast like oh my jack nicholson martin oh. sheen yeah um, alec baldwin mark Wahlberg, yeah alec baldwin yeah. leo and matt damon and while i say that i hated matt damon's character you got to give him credit for how great of an actor he was in portraying that rat oh, hateable he's, character he's scum in the movie like think about it like a cop who's like a, a fake cop basically yeah like like built from a young age to to be that like trained to be a, a rat in the yeah. police department. Well, that's a credit to Jack Nicholson's character yeah, there, Frank, Frank yeah. to just recruit him young oh and take care of them yeah. throughout their whole lives and be that father figure that they'll give back to you when you need them to, kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? He's the ultimate mob boss, mm-hmm. and um, Matt Damon's character is extremely intelligent, yeah. and he's also like charismatic and funny like when he's flirting with them um, vera farmiga's character yeah. yeah i forget her name in the movie yeah, i'll look it up there but, but yeah no, madison i want to say madeline madeline yeah, close no, enough good one and um yeah no, they have great interactions and then when leonardo dicaprio gets involved with her as well it's just an interesting love triangle there well and yeah billy was the man i was rooting for him the whole time and you just see like the strain he's under as Leonardo DiCaprio's character plays an undercover cop who basically goes like black that, ops mission kind of to be infiltrated to infiltrate Frank's gang and be an informant for the police. That uh, Matt Damon's character is um, in a high. Ba- basically, the the best thing about the movie is you got this cat and mouse game of there's Matt Damon is the mole in the police department he works for Jack Nicholson and then Leo is the mole in Jack's gang it, that works for the cops. So yeah. like you got the two, they're, they're both the counterparts of one another. Matt said it best. Yeah. I was struggling they're there. both each other's like counterpart and they're both feeding information. So it's, it's hilarious. It's, yeah. it's great. Super smart movie. I really enjoyed it. Also a long movie, like close to three hours. I want to say two, yeah, two hours all, and 40 minutes yeah. or something flew by. Yeah. Definitely one of my favorite Scorsese movies I've seen, if I can say that. I mean, he's got so many classics, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's Shutter Island, which isn't gangster. Mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street. In terms of gangster movie, this probably is second or third best. Um, For me, I'd put it as second best. Having okay. only seen it twice, I've seen Goodfellas like five, six times, yeah. I want to say. But, but then, yeah. yeah. So, for me, The Departed... What I take away is Jack Nicholson's performance as Frank, the the bo- the the gangster, the boss of the gang. Yep. He is so. I mean, he's Jack Nicholson. So every role he does, you just I just see Jack Nicholson being funny and like his little grin and his mannerisms. I can't help it, and just he, everything he says is hilarious to me. Even at the beginning, when he's standing there and two of his guys shoot two guys kneeling near the river, and then. He, they get shot and he just says, oh, they fell a little funny there. They fell funny. He just like adds that. And I don't even know if that's in the script. Just little things like that. 
and the faces he makes, uh, him and uh, Ray Winstone, uh, Mr. French, I think, in the movie. He's like a psych. Like right. their, yeah, their yeah. banter is hilarious. Um, well, hilarious. I mean, it's it's, it's all uh, under perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but did you know that The Part is actually based on a Chinese movie called Infernal Affairs? Yeah, exact, know that. exact same story. There's three movies. And Departed, Martin Scorsese basically took elements from the three movies and made it into one movie. Because those okay. three Chinese movies are the same story, but told like through flashbacks and all that. And I think he actually, this is a rare case of the remake, the American remake, improving on the original from another country. So I, which I'm hardly happens. You've seen these three yeah, Chinese I own movies. these movies. Nice. The Infernal Affairs trilogy. Are they solid movies as they well? They are, but. They're kind of slow, and each movie deals with, like, they're good, but they're not The Departed. I'm thinking The Departed basically tightened the story and made it a lot more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, one best picture, which, honestly, it's pretty unheard of for a movie that violent and, like, a gangster movie winning best picture. If you look, look at all the best picture winners, they're pretty, like, fluff pieces right, and, like, artistic. sappy feel. Like, no best picture, like the ending where everybody dies. That was the main complaint. I remember going in school, like when everyone had seen him, they're like, Oh, I didn't like it. Everyone died at the end. Right. Well, I'm like, okay, I guess you only like happy endings, I guess. Um, what do you think about an ending like that? Where everyone, like all the characters, not all of them die, right? Like Mark Wahlberg gets away. Our three main, our, yeah, our two main leads die though. Yeah. I know. Like I said, I was hoping for Leonardo DiCaprio's character to, get away because all he wanted was to get his identity back he was struggling with this role that the police department put him in mm-hmm. the strain he was dealing with with being in frank's crew was really getting to him and you're just rooting for him he's yeah. definitely the protagonist in this for sure. movie so I, you're I, definitely rooting for yeah. him even though i said like bad guys i couldn't stand matt damon's character anyways so yeah you're rooting for him to get out but i was happy that you know if our th- if out of our three main characters the two two of them died and only Matt Damon lived. I wouldn't have wanted that. Like that's a guy who kept getting promoted throughout the movie while mm-hmm. we knew he was a rat the whole time, but yeah. they couldn't see that. And by being an intelligent guy who could maneuver in this situation, benefited from it. I feel like it would have been an even worse ending had that rat lived on and continued to thrive in an environment that allowed him to basically. Right. It just goes to show how like some scummy people can get away ahead in life. Yeah. And that, so and that's it, where like your Mark Wahlberg from having left the movie for like the last 40 minutes to an hour, I want to say, just comes back in the last scene to just cap him off. Which That was extremely satisfying scene. Oh, 100%. It just counterbalances the scene where the elevator door opens and headshot to Leo, like, to Leonardo DiCaprio's like eyeball or something. When it like, looks like he's going to bring oh, in Matt Damon's character. Oh my God. And you were talking, to, you said something interesting like, to me, the movie is super suspenseful because we we see more than what the characters are seeing. We see the the end game and like like what Matt Damon doesn't know and what Leo doesn't know. Like we're seeing what's gonna happen, but our characters don't know, which is like the definition of suspense. We know it's gonna happen. We just like it's when our characters are gonna figure it out. And there's a tense scene where like Leo's identity is about to get discovered, right? And the guy who knows like I think dies or something. Or yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, those ten scenes are what make the movie great, in my opinion. 
because he gave him the wrong address. Right. And he still showed up. Yeah. To the address because he was yes. already there and yes. he was the guy they were tracking. Yes. That was a great scene. Okay. Yeah. R.I.P. Martin Sheen in that yeah. scene. So like it's super. Like I said, the whole movie is a game of cat and mouse. It's all about who's gonna get who first, and it's all about like information getting passed along and like. You know, the police, is, the police are doing a raid on Frank's crew, but obviously they know about it because Matt Damon's like one of the guys involved in it. But then you got Leo telling the cops about Frank's gang. Like, what? Like it's, it's Matt, very crazy. Matt Damon's character texts yeah. Frank to tell them all to turn their phones off yeah. while Leo is there with his phone on te- texting yeah. them that they're all, they've all got like, their phones off kind of thing. That's and, unreal. Yeah. yeah. So good. Like, when you're talking about how it's a cat and mouse style movie where that can in some cases, not work at all. Like, to me, when I think cat and mouse movie, it's uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where they're basically just on the run taking the lab from place to place. A little different there, but just two completely different executions, and one works. Well, one is much smarter at the end of the day. They're like they're not really comparable movies. The the difference between those two movies are one is directed by someone who's in complete control of the craft of filmmaking, like not just directing, but like his editor who's worked for with his whole life. Like every 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 uh, facet of filmmaking is a hundred percent like to perfection in right. Departed. And Ant-Man and the Wasp, they probably rush certain aspects of the yeah. production. And Scorsese's also been vocal about his disdain Dislike, yeah. for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that it's not cinema. Well, I understand <laughs> why, because they're destroying the movies he grew up with. Like, he'd go to the theater and see a serious movie that was, you know, thought-provoking at the end, not a Marvel movie where it's just a roller coaster ride and you're not really... Didn't didn't really like increase your didn't really make you smarter, right? Which is the argument of do like good movies make you smarter, like art movies or whatever art house films. But back to to close off the Departed. Nice. So you're probably in your top five favorite Scorsese. Like oh, you for sure. Okay, I excellent. also haven't seen all his movies. No, but there, you've but seen at least five. I gotta see Raging Bull a little more. I'll give Casino another rip. Well, I like you've Wolf seen Wall Taxi. Street a lot. I've seen Taxi Driver mm-hmm. once also though. I like that. Shutter Island, Irishman. Yeah, Irishman. Yeah, I've seen a few of his movies. They're listed off a fair bit there. So before we talk about the Irishman quickly, the movie that the movie he directed before the Irishman, called Silence, was probably most people wondering. It was kind of a departure for him of in terms of like his filmmaking because it was a very slow, picturesque, picturesque movie about these priests going to Japan to, like, spread Catholicism. And, like, people were a bit taken aback. Like, oh, it's it, people were saying it's a good movie because Scorsese directed it. But people were a bit like, this is a little weird. So when The Irishman came out or was announced, people were like, okay, he's back. Yeah. Let's go. We got Robert De Niro, who he hasn't made a movie since Casino with. And the Al Pacino and Joe Pesci's back from retirement. So, like, The Irishman was supposed to be or is or depending we're going to talk about that or is a return to form of like his previous success so it's a pretty big event to close off like the 2010s yeah it's it was it's i mean we're we're gonna get into it now yeah yeah i want to say he not having seen all of his movies there like just from seeing the main his main gangster movies i think it was a nice like look back at his legacy too, right? Yes, well and said. Going through the different stages of um, the Irishman, uh, fuck, I forget his name now. De Niro's character, Frank. Frank's life, is kind of like Scorsese looking back at his 
oh. moments in cinematic history kind of thing, right? Yeah, I got that vibe too. Like I felt the whole time I watched The Irishman, which is an account on Frank's, he wrote a book basically detailing he used to be a hitman for the mob and he's basically saying what this is what happened to Jimmy Hoffa because nobody knows what happened. Right. So everything is told from Frank's perspective on what happened. And I think Scorsese put a lot of stuff in the Irishman that's like, oh yeah, do you remember when I did this in Goodfellas? Or do you remember mm-hmm. when I did this in Casino? Or even his really earlier movies. It's The Irishman is almost a callback to all his previous successful movies. Right. Um, would you say that this movie is kind of like historical revisionism in that we know we don't know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa and this movie doesn't really... It gives us a rendition of what could have happened, but these aren't factual events that happened. They right? are not factual. So that's it's, correct. In that sense, it's like historical revisionism. I would say, yeah, or just an account on this man's perspective, which would be, would that be fiction or nonfiction, right? Like, it's not, this is just what he claims. And I was reading about it, and it's everything that happens in the movie, there's stuff that, ref, like, that make it untrue, like that what? refute it. Like, like the Jimmy Hoffa where he shot him like apparently like there was no DNA the blood there was blood there but it wasn't Hoffa's blood or something or like there's just little things like that but let's not get to the ending yet um the big thing people were talking about when the Irishman was dropped first of all it drops on Netflix and a limited theatrical release which you would think for Martin Scorsese who's a big theater advocate of like go to the movie go to the theater to see your movie don't like he, he hates people that like download movies and right. it's all about the theater experience. It just drops to Netflix and limited release. Mm-hmm. So just, just that kind of like I had a little warning bells in my head going, right. mm, is the quality going to be good? Catering a bit too much to the new school cinema. Yeah. But the, the, good, the good news is the quality is good. Cause they threw like over 60 million in the movie. Like it was a big budget for Netflix. They threw a yeah. lot of money. And the quality was there. It was theater quality, in my opinion. Did you see it in theaters? No. And you know what? I'm glad I didn't because, I don't know, sitting down for almost four hours or you get a little restless. Like I did it for Lord of the Rings, I think, but I was also 12, so (laughs) I was giddy and excited. But this day and age, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fir- from the first shot in The Irishman, I'm like, okay, this is like reminding me of Goodfellas and yeah. Casino, just like tracking shots and just a lot of conversations and confrontations flashback narrative um like what were your initial impressions when the movie started i I like the movie actually i just want to start by saying i really enjoyed the movie i thought it was a little slow i'll say i think that's one of the it definitely is it's getting is that it's a slow pace long movie but the characters and the acting make it worth it Right, like Pesci's and De Niro are very subtle in their acting. They yeah. don't. There's no real dialogue or specific scene with those two that really stands out to me as like, a wow, this is an incredible, like, um, strong dialogue heavy scene. It was mostly like the mannerisms of. Yeah. I, I loved Pesci's character, which is kind of a, a 180 on the other characters yep. I've seen him portray. Yep. He's a much calmer, a cool mannered, mm-hmm. demeanored man. Very practical. He's always yeah. in control, yeah. gets his way, knows how to work people. And I just thought he was like the ultimate mobster and that he never had to get his hands dirty the whole yeah. movie. He always had some other people to do it. Yeah. Whereas like Tommy himself would just be a loose cannon. Yeah. Like shoot a, a kid waiter because he 
insulted him a little bit or told him to go like fuck himself basically yeah. so no i really enjoyed their characters and i really liked al pacino's <laughs> jimmy hoffa yeah me too and knowing that his his well character that jimmy hoffa dies in real life in an a what's still considered to be a mystery yeah unsolved yeah i was rooting for him and i kind of hoped it'd be like a to bring it back to historical revisionism kind of like in once upon a time in hollywood where he doesn't die in the movie and that i was hoping now oh. to skip to the end a little bit here that frank seemed like he wanted to meet up with jimmy and then um, pesci's character um buffalino yeah russell? bill buff russell yeah russell it buffalino russell, right yeah kept trying to make sure that he'd change up the circumstances to make sure that Frank couldn't get to Hoffa because they were close. Al Pacino and De Niro's characters were very close throughout mm-hmm. the movie. So I was hoping that De Niro would try to save him, which ultimately he ends up killing him. Yeah, so the was, ultimate betrayal. Like, exactly. Almost. It's heartbreaking to which watch. Which I kind of thought that was out of left field, but it was, I guess it was out of loyalty to Buffalino. Like, yeah. I would definitely have to rewatch this movie to make sure I fully understand why things happened the way they did. But it's that Jimmy Hoffa's character was not being compliant with what they wanted him to do and how they wanted to operate. He's exactly it actually, yeah. Was like hot headed, refused to to apologize to um He was all basically blackmailing them too at the end saying, I have a lot of dirt on you guys. Right. If you say that to the mob I have a lot of dirt on you. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to bury you. They're going to make sure you're never found. You're going to sleep with the fish. Uh, but to bring it back, when you were saying like there's a lot of... Uh, like I, I don't think the movie has memorable scenes that are going to be remembered like in Goodfellas, but it has scenes of quiet brilliance, like just good dialogue and subtle acting, but not memorable. Mm-hmm. Like It's not yes. going to be like the funny house scene. It's just going to be like... When you're going to rewatch Irishman, you're going to notice these things and be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But Al Pacino, I've seen almost every one of his movies. And he's like, he can be over the top. And I thought he acted Hoffa as like kind of over the top when he needed to be, when Hoffa was agitated and needed right. to be. And then really like good when he was one-on-one with De Frank's Niro. character yeah. played by De Niro. So it was a perfect blend. Now we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room in the, for this movie, which is like the digital the digital de aging of right. the actors. Because I have a little bit to say on that. When they announced that, I was very scared because I've seen it in previous movies and I did not like it. Mm-hmm. Making an actor look younger, like thirty years younger, and was it distracting for you? What so are your thoughts? The, the only time to me it was really an issue was when. He goes to the grocery store or whatever that is, Ooh. the deli, yeah. to basically beat, beat up, up. Yep. the man who touched his girl. Yeah, like he shoved her. He shoved her, like, sorry. Did, she, did he shove you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at this point, Frank is much younger and his kid is very young. She's probably like eight Twel- years old yeah. or 12. 10, 10, 12. Eight to 12 year old range. Uh, yeah. And he goes in there and basically starts shoving him. And he's moving, it seems like, at a turtle's pace. I'm so glad you're and saying this. He <sighs> he gives him the softest punch and the guy goes flying back. Like, this is straight out of like the 1920s or something. And glass shatters as he's pushing him through the store. And then he's kicking him on the curve. And I, curb. 
And I don't know, it was just that scene to me. And I knew about that scene going into it too. So I'm like, okay, I'll see when it happens, how bad it actually is. And I couldn't believe Scorsese was filming this and thought like, oh yeah, this is great. I'm so glad you talked about this scene because I was going to bring it up. It is very noticeable that you have a 70-year-old man playing, supposed to be a man in his 30s. I'm not even talking about like the the glass shattering and the like the actual beating. I'm talking about the way... De Niro is moving in the scene. It looks like a 70-year-old is moving, and it's mm-hmm. not realistic. When he's stomping on the guy's hand, it looks Brutal. like an old man stomping, and it yeah. does not look real. It it looked kind of funny, and but the face is young, so... But the thing is, too, that confused me a little <sighs> is that... The the camera angle is very high and it's not it's not a close shot at all. So it's I'm, like a bird's eye view almost. Exactly, bird's eye view. I'm one confused as to why they thought that D... How would you describe D- it? Digital de-aging. Digital yeah. de-aging was used for the scene when they could have just got a stand-in, a younger actor of the same build as De Niro. If they're going to shoot from that far, why not? Because it, it that's, what, what, that's what I did not like about this movie. I noticed the way the actors who are in their 70s moved as much younger men, and they did not move like someone that's in their 30s or 40s. Even Al Pacino getting out of his chair. Like, it was not... I know this might be nitpicky, but just... I don't know. Don't do it. Yeah. How, why? Why? There's a scene where De Niro they flash back to his World War II days. Right. Yeah. That like, wasn't that bad though. He didn't have no, to but move. He was why just not? A gun at them. Why not cast a younger actor that looks yeah, like him? I know. I don't understand. Yeah, that was a bit of a mind-boggling decision. I would not even have minded if they had cast two different actors to play the same character. Cast and had like two John different Bernthal as De Niro. Two that di- been good. That would have. Oh my god. That would have been amazing. I'm just thinking about this. <laughs> It's it's almost like Scorsese's like guys. I'm gonna do. You're gonna play the characters the whole the whole movie when they're 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. You guys are gonna do it. Yeah. And they're all like, are you serious? <sighs> it's gonna be brutal. So that's my only big negative in the movie yeah, was it it was very distracting because like De Niro's got all these young kids and he doesn't look like he's the digital de aging. No. I, I was not a fan. Exactly, that's that basically yeah. what We're on the sum up my thought. I, I was not a fan for the whole movie. Like yeah. I still really enjoyed, and I think I'd even like it even more watching it another time, knowing where it's going. I could really yeah. pick up on plot points yeah. specifically because I was basically just enjoying the acting and like I love the, that setting, like the gangster style oh. movie is always classic. The biggest strength of the movie is those little interactions between the mob boss of this section of this district and that right. district and the interactions and the the outbursts and confrontations uh did you recognize who played the shorter guy tony pro from uh, boardwalk uh, empire Al Capone from Board- boardwalk. he's yeah. so good he's too. an agree he's a great actor their interactions to uh, jimmy hoffa and um, tony tony pro pro yeah or whatever like they're think, great yeah. Show up to a meeting like you know, fifteen minutes late. No, I don't know. It's just those were some good. I want you. Actually, I, I want you to apologize. Yeah, yeah that's like, a good scene. Actually, that's a memorable yeah. dialogue right there. So I'm sure there is yeah. some. We just we've all, probably only seen it once each. Have you seen it more than once? Just once. There you go. So, like with time, having seen it more, we'll probably have some memorable dialogue yeah. scenes. I'd say probably not as Maybe. much as like Goodfellas, but uh, one thing that maybe stood out as memorable for me is the scene where. Basically, Hoffa, Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino, seals his fate. Basically, Joe Pesci, th- Robert De Niro is like the 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 go mediator the mediator of. between the two, the head of the Teamsters Union, 
the biggest union in like this the United States, like the truck drivers union and the mob boss. Basically the mob boss is telling De Niro, tell your friend Jimmy he's gotta like quiet down and just stop causing trouble. And if he doesn't, well it's gonna be bad, basically telling him we're gonna kill him. But then when he goes when Robert De Niro goes to Jimmy, that whole exchange in the movie yeah. where he's like uh, Jimmy, you, you're going to have to change. And then Jimmy's like, no, no, uh, what are you talking about? Like that whole scene in that big party setting yeah. when De Niro was getting his award for uh, being a Teamster labor union boss or something, yeah. that was, I think, memorable maybe. It was, yeah. Like it was very quiet, but like that sealed his fate. And the betrayal scene where De Niro's kind of tricking Jimmy Hoffa to come back and so he can kill him that's a little heartbreaking yeah and De Niro throughout his career played a lot of characters like that that kind of betray a character or is yeah basically it's he's kind of known for that but he's also been on the receiving end in and as Jimmy uh, Conway who gets betrayed by um, yeah, Henry, hard. but he was also plotting to have him killed yeah. right yeah so just to list off a few of the other actors I really enjoyed in the movie. Like I didn't know Ray Romano was in the movie. Oh yeah, he was great. He, he was, was really good. Um, Bobby Cannavale, another uh, Boardwalk Empire alumni as Jip Rossetti. Wait, was Ray Romano Buffalino? Yeah, he's Bill okay. Buffalino. Okay, yeah. so Joe Pet. That's what I thought. Pesci is Russ. What's Russell Pesci? Buffalino? Okay, Russ. so okay, Russ. That's Bill it. Buffalino's Ray. There's um, and they go to his wet. Okay, that's yes, it. exactly. Yeah. Harvey Keitel and um, yeah, Harvey Keitel, Jesse Plemons, Todd from Breaking Bad. I kind of am starting to grow on him. Like I like <laughs> yeah, him as an actor. Right. He was alright in that movie, but yeah. kind of a scumbag. Has got his dad killed. Bobby Cannavale like needs like a leading role in a gangster movie. He's just like after seeing Boardwalk Empire, he's phenomenal. Right? Yeah, you you would have thought that he would have gotten yeah. a lot more roles after oh, that. Yeah. He was amazing as Jip in that yeah. one season. And then people were har- in the Irishman. People were harping on. Why did they cast Anna Paquin's character when she had one line in the movie as right. his daughter? Yeah. Like that's Hadn't seen her since like two thousand and four in X Men Last Stand. That's the equivalent of like the Leafs Rogan. picking up uh, the Leafs <laughs> picking up you know a, a, like Sidney Crosby and only playing him in one shift. Would you really I'm not. I'm not, her to Sidney okay, Crosby. You, but you get my uh, no. You're right. Like but you that. get my point. It's like casting a big name only to use for one line. Like yeah, Charlie Coyle or something. Anyways. Okay, bad comparison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, Irishman, solid movie, for sure. Would benefit from a rewatch as most of these movies would. Like they're so long, yeah. you have to be focused. I watch it all in one sitting. Oh, you did? Wow, I couldn't even do that. I had to like. Yeah, I, I found it long, man. Like after an hour and forty, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, and it hasn't no really got going. going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so was just, I had to hammer it out and get it done. The movie is not made for today's audience of like today's youth, basically. No, not at all. It's it, for like the old. School it caters to a specific market. Yeah. yeah, and if if Martin Scorsese's name is not attached to it with those actors, like we might not even see that movie at all being made yeah. or it'd be a two hour long movie or something with not as good because we're not presented with all the details and character development, but he's got, he still has that kind of pull. Like he can create those, like he's still got credibility. Yeah. Would you, do you think that this is going to be his last movie? 
Has he oh. outright said that he, this he, is his last? Or? No, he hasn't. He's getting. He's up there, but his he's still sharp. Like his mind is still sharp. I hear him talk about movies, like watch interviews with him, and he can still like he's not losing it. He's a bit like Ridley Scott. Okay. Ridley Scott's like in his eighties, but his mind is still sharp, and he's still making movies. Okay. It might that might be what they what keeps him going. Okay. Um, but hey, anytime a new Martin Scorsese movie comes out, I'm game. Like a He's earned because of his previous works. Like I will go see each and every one of his new movies. Yeah, it would have been nice to get like a Leo cameo in there as well. I was oh. not expecting it, but it was in the back of my mind thinking that okay, we're seeing this like reunion tour of Scorsese collaborators well, and like great actors coming back for this like one of the last great yeah. gangster movies, right? Old old, old style gangster old movies style, because exactly. they even said like Al Pacino said. It had a feel of a 70s movie on the set, the way they filmed it. Okay. So it's like kind of like going back to the good old days. And and by the way, Martin Scorsese said like they are working on a movie with De Niro and DiCaprio for his, for his next movie. He's working with them. Okay, it's so like a serial there is ki- another movie in the which, works. Then. Yeah, I just remembered. It's like a serial <laughs> killer movie. Okay, about like, cool. Uh, yeah, because he loves working with Leo. I mean, who wouldn't? He's yeah. a phenomenal actor. Yeah. I'm just thinking that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again, like how great he was. I know I want to rewatch that too. Um, so I think that wraps up Irishman there. Yeah, for... it's like it's it's a hard movie for like I talked to a lot of people at wor- that I work with that I wa- that that have seen it and like very mixed reviews. It's not a lot of people complain about the de aging and oh right. why didn't they cast younger actors? But yeah. I mean, to me, that's not gonna make me dislike the movie. It's like not a, a kind of nitpicking a little okay. bit or just not liking it, not being a fan of it, but mm. still being able to appreciate the work as a whole. Yeah. So. No, like uh, maybe I was negative on the Irishman talking about it, but I still like think the movie, like I'd give it an eight out of 10. Like that, the aging is just like me being harping on every little thing. Right. But no, I was engaged throughout the whole movie because yeah, you got too. my favorite actors there. So there you go. Yeah. So, no, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Eric, yeah. Because, would you like? I don't think a lot of people your age would appreciate it. Yeah, I know a few of my friends are gonna watch it. I don't know if any of them have at this point. That my parents watch it. I think my what dad. You, what did your it. dad think? Yeah, my dad liked it. We haven't really talked about it though that much yet. My mom like she thought it was all right, a little slow, and um, yeah, I mean, my it's da- not. It's not a great payoff at the end either. No, necessarily, it's very right? quiet. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not like a kind of like a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just quickly there, you could. Yeah maybe not be loving it the whole time and thinking it's slow and not mm. being a fan of these two guys. But then at the end, you're going to at least get a kick out of it or think it's, there's a lot going on on the screen. It's hard to not have an opinion on it. Right. Whereas at the end of Irishman, you're like, okay, well the journey, dead yeah, and, yeah. the journey was better than the destination. You yeah, could say, yeah, like, I, would, I would agree with that. And a movie's ending is supposed to be the best. Usually the is the best part. Yeah, Exactly. Um, so maybe to wrap up Irishman quickly now we've I think we've covered it yeah, pretty well I mean, segue to some listener questions sure, got, I got a sure, couple sure. I'll hit you with them so again it's from loyal three time guest and listener Bassam again shout oh, out excellent he had great questions for uh, like a couple episodes ago we did so this one should yeah. be right up your alley again so let's uh, come back to the previous movie we discussed The Departed Ooh. so you might know this Matt in The Departed mob boss Frank Costello was played by the mighty Jack Nicholson man has a sick rap sheet and his version of Frank Costello was amazing however 
Some people didn't know that De Niro was originally asked to take the role of Frank Costello. What do you guys think of this? Should De Niro have taken the role, or was Nicholson's version perfect? Matt, send it out to you first. Did you know that, first of all? I, I probably knew it, just forgot. But um, he was probably uh, making another movie or something. 2006, maybe Meet the Fockers. Because I, I know, know he direct he directed that movie. The good, his only movie he directed, The Good Shepherd, came out around that time. Okay. And he might have been, but Matt Damon was in it, so never mind. So it couldn't have been during the same time. Honestly, I think no one could top Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson in another universe, he would be my favorite actor because he's like De Niro, but did not do any stupid movies as he got older, right. like De Niro did. He like he was super selective. And is great in everything he's done, unlike Robert De Niro. So if I'm objective, I think Jack Nicholson might honestly be a better actor than Robert De Niro. But like you said, he's also been in a lot less movies than De Niro, right? And but he, well, he did a, a lot in the 70s and 80s and yeah. 90s, though. But no, Jack is like, he's a legend. And he did not, like, he didn't sell out, like, like it pains me to say this, like sell out like De Niro did in the two thousands and doing all those, like there's no way Jack Nicholson's doing dirty grandpa. <laughs> like that pains me when I see that De Niro's in a movie, like a stupid comedy. Ugh. Like just looking at Nicholson's rap sheet, like movies that I've seen of his are one flew over the cuckoo's nest, the shining Batman. Actually I've seen him as Joker yeah. as good as it gets. I think I've seen a few good like men. Jack, Jack is one of the few. Jack has actually won an Oscar in three different decades. In three decades. Not a lot of people can say that. He won in the 90s, 80s, and 70s. So, like that, I don't have to say anything else. Like, right. like Daniel Day-Lewis is the other one that has done that. Okay. So, I don't know. Jack is phenomenal. So, he was perfect. So, I, I don't think De Niro would have done better. I think Jack is the... Did it to perfection. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And and De Niro's my favorite actor. I'm trying to be I'm like I, I'm being yeah. really like I'm not trying to put my personal feelings in the way of in answering that. Like yeah, Chinatown agree. is one of my favorite movies, like in my top ten, and Jack Nicholson in that movie. I, I love him in that movie. Strongly recommend Chinatown. Is that yeah, your, that but your it's, favorite Nicholson movie? Yeah, it's oh yeah. It's like in Chinatown's 10, in my so, yeah. top ten. Like <laughs> But you have to watch it more than once to catch okay. everything. It's yeah. It's kind of like the Raging Bull performance for Nicholson. No, it's no. I think you'll like China. No, Chinatown's a lot like easier to easy to digest. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's a it's got a straightforward narrative. So yeah, I thought he was amazing as Jack um, or Frank as Castello. Frank Castello yeah, and um, I mean, I'm sure De Niro would have been good. But it would have been different. Yeah, they have completely different faces too. Where like Frank just looks evil, or um, Jack Nicholson yeah, just looks. He has the evil, evil grin. You know? yes. he has that crazy look that De Niro can be equally, if not, I don't know about more intimidating. But it would have just been a completely different take and look at the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Jack played him perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. He wouldn't have been a crazy character like. He Jack wouldn't Nicholson's have been as a, a, a eccentric. Like Jack Nicholson is very like making all these faces. Like and... I'm thinking specifically of the scene in the theater, right? Like oh, I can't see no, Robert no, De Niro doing, doing that, that, right? Pulling that out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Is that that's like a classic crazy man yeah. running a successful mafia yeah. right or organization where De Niro would be would have been a more calculated 
and um, more sophisticated, maybe sophisticated, or, yeah. still probably cruel and um, mm-hmm. like tough when he needed to be. But yeah, like I said, it would have been two different characters. So I think good question. Because De Niro think... can be really. Cr- I've seen movies. He's super cruel and like, right. He played Al Capone in The Untouchables. He's like yep. beating a guy's head with a baseball bat. Like right, yeah. It's... He's very you know. One of the yeah, ones. great question, but Sam. Yeah. And yeah, I guess I didn't know that. I th- I'm pr- pretty sure I read that ten you years ago, know, but like, yeah. you know, I can't remember everything. Exactly. So very next, ab- yeah, next very question obscure question. Yeah, like, is yeah. <laughs> from Dylan Smith, our cousin. Oh, yeah. Shout out. All right. So his question is: Are there any directors that give you hope for the future of gangster movies? Ah. Scorsese is great and all, but is there a future for the genre outside of him? Matt, I think you would be able to answer that better uh, than I. I thought I thought it was gonna end with, is there a future for movies with these young, di- like not of gangster movies, just in general? Oh, but now if we're pigeonholing us to just gangster movies, uh, like what are some new age gangster movies in your opinion? It's it's all those like fast paced ones that blend gangster movies with other genres, kind of like Guy Ritchie did with, like Snatch and Rock and Rolla. Kind of right. like a stylized gangster movie, not a quiet drama gangster movie. Yeah. Like every new gangster movie I watch now is either. Uh, they're not. They're, a lot of them are foreign movies. Mm. So honestly, for American gangster movies, Dylan, it's looking pretty weak right now. I don't think there's any directors that are just going to be doing gangster movies. They're going to be doing their own stuff and then, oh, maybe they'll get a land a gangster movie, do right. that quickly. They'll be influenced by the, the foreign films and then make their yeah. own renditions of those in like 10, 15 years or something. Right? Like, like the like, classics are all in the 90s, yeah. 80s, 70s, right? Like if I think of recent ones, like there's that one with Ryan Gosling, Gangster Squad. It was okay, that. but it was very like, yeah, like, ugh. No, there are no new directors like Scorsese. There are good direct up and there are good directors now, but they're not making gangster movies. Like one of the more recent ones I'm looking at as classic gangster movies is Public Enemies, which was in 2009. Did you see it? I did once. Yeah, in I didn't mind it. I thought it was all right. Like same with Black Mass with John, both with Johnny Depp. They were good, but they're not like they're not going to go down. They're not going to be remembered. Right. So the future because, is looking bleak. For be, because movies. Martin Scorsese just makes good movies, period. So when he chooses to make a gangster movie, he will make a great gangster movie. Mm. But these directors that are great nowadays do, are not choosing to. If if Tarantino wanted to make a gangster movie, he would make a great one. That'd be great. If to Paul see Thomas actually. Anderson wanted to make a gangster movie, he would make a great one. If Jordan Peele wanted to make a yeah, gangster he would movie, make he'd a probably great pull one. it off. But they're choosing to do other things, which is fine. I mean. Arguably, the, the genre is exhausted because we've seen it all before. We've seen it so many times. Right. You Maybe know. like me, where I'm looking for, where I'm looking at for gangster content is the TV show Fargo, which I'm not sure if have you seen that Never show. Never seen it. Amazing show. Oh, wow. It's yeah. an anthology series based on the movie Fargo that which I love in that universe. I love that movie, so I don't know why I'm not jumping all you over should, the show. You should, man. It's so good. Yeah. So basically, there's three seasons so far, and they all take place in different decades and different settings completely. I didn't know All that. revolving around like the Fargo Mafia in different little obscure ways. Like In one season, they focus on... Um, it. It's set in 2006, 
So like, what is it, 10 or 12 years after the movie Fargo? So direct events from the movie Fargo affect oh, really? what they're going through in this TV show. Hmm. And um, what's his face there? Um, Billy Bob Thornton plays the villain in the, in the first season. He's incredible. Okay. Like he won the, um, the, the Emmys for it yeah. over Matthew McConaughey. For which, True Detective? Exactly, Ooh. which at the time I hadn't seen the show Fargo and I couldn't believe that Matthew McConaughey didn't win. Then I went back and watched uh, Fargo and completely understand why he won. His character is unreal. Yeah. We have to watch out sometimes like, oh, why didn't he win? That They can't have been better than that. And then we watch the winner's performance and we're like, oh. Exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely a show that has a lot of gangster movie elements in them. And it's done in a very smart way. And just like it's their funny shows, good production. It's FX. So TV's produces. TV's taken over the gangster, yeah, like exactly. Boardwalk That's the Empire. Direction we're heading in, Boardwalk yep. Empire, which that was, was phenomenal. Fargo. Yeah, Boardwalk Empire was like early 2010s too. It was like yeah. 2009 to 14, I think. Again, a great gangster storytelling with his real life historical characters mixed in with fictional ones. Oh, those are my the favorite way kinds of movies. Those are it's the way it go. Yeah. Like I said a few episodes back, it was the the tie-ins to real historical events in like superhero movies. I love that in any genre of movie. Right? Like historical revisionism. I keep saying that's my new uh, catchphrase on here. But yeah, no, Fargo definitely recommend and season 4 is coming supposedly next year, but we'll see. They're still in production. Chris Rock is the main actor in that one. Okay. Actually, Jesse Plemons in season two of Fargo. Super funny in that show. He's a good actor. Yeah. He's come a long way. Because he was in that TV show Friday Night Lights when right, he was yeah, young. Uh, I, I like Landry. it. Landry. Landry, yeah. yeah. But no, like the 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 golden age. I, I mean, we're not going to get into like old gangster movies from like the... 30s and 40s and 50s but like the 70s 80s and 90s is really where all those like powerhouse gangster films yeah. came out of and we're not going to see that again so it's just interesting that we've times. been going for like an hour or so now and we haven't even mentioned godfather, godfather. one and two are like literally right. arguably one of the be- just well-made films of all time like just on a technical standpoint and it is recognized as that it's always in lists of best of the decade uh, no the century like yeah. Uh, like I love The Godfather. The only thing that's stopping it from being in my favorites, it's not something I'll like go back and rewatch all the time. That's the thing. I've only seen them. I, I want to say I've seen Godfather one twice and Godfather two once. Yeah, it's, it's like Rem- one, I remember yeah. loving them both of them, but yeah. I've never gone back. And that was a long time ago too, and I haven't gone back to rewatch them since then. They're like a fine wine. You have to let them age on hey, the shelf. Well said. Like I, I, I own them. I, I wait like three, four years and I'm like, okay, I'll pop it in. And yeah. then I remember how awesome it is. I don't want to like spoil it by watching it too often. Right. Um, but you enjoy both movies. I'm oh, glad yeah, to hear I that. Them. And I haven't even seen Godfather three. Everyone don't. says just exactly. No, like don't. I'm not even joking. Like even Al Pacino says like it was a mistake. And I saw him like live for a and a and he even said that. Really? Oh, yeah. At the, at the yeah, NAC awesome. in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. He was telling stories oh, on awesome. movies. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that was not. Uh, that no, was, a was mistake. he in real life? Like, he no. was super nice and funny. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get a chance to meet him, like for a meet and greet, real quick? No, picture no, no. we no. didn't. That wasn't included. No, <laughs> no way. No way. Couple extra hundos for sure. Oh no. But I haven't seen Al Pacino in that many movies, to be honest. Like, I've seen obviously Scarface, The Godfather's, and um, Irishman. 
other than that, off the top, I can't really think of other movies I've seen him in. So, like, in the 70s, Godfather was his big break, but then, like, he had all these, like, uh, Dog Day Afternoon. You ha- Like, I-, I will probably lend you that movie. Okay. It is right really on. good. Him and... Okay, do you remember in The Godfather? Is it pretty fresh in your head? Well, the actor we'll that see. plays his brother, Fredo? That oh, Fredo, yeah. Well, I, know what he, so I know what he looks him like. And Fr- him and that actor, like, basically try to go rob a bank supposed to be like a 15 minute thing and the whole movie's about the bank robbery because things go wrong and it's right. it's one day of hell for so could him. that be kind of like an influence to reservoir dogs kind of like uh a, a, yeah a little a one bit. day set movie where a robbery goes wrong and they have to deal with the fallout and we see kind of what happens throughout the day or what a little but dog, dog day afternoon is more like it is the robbery the whole movie okay. they don't get like they're kind of trapped Okay. It just turns into a big whole hostage thing. Okay. No, actually, Reservoir Dogs is actually influenced by like Kub- Stanley Kubrick's The Killing, which okay. is like a robbery told through like flashbacks and stuff, and like what what character did what. Anyways, we okay. won't get into that. But, but other it falls under like, and I don't think Reservoir Dogs is a gangster movie, but Pulp Fiction definitely is. Yeah, I would. Marcellius honestly, Wallace. Pulp Fiction. People have been trying to pigeonhole into a genre, but it, it's many really different things. It, it's its own thing. Uh, to me, it's a dark comedy, dark comedy drama. <laughs> it's it's right? any you no honestly really there is it's a genre. gangster drama with oh I don't even know it's an unreal movie it's a Tarantino movie he, yeah exactly yeah, right yeah but no Al Pacino uh, you need no you watch Actually, he you watch Heat upon a time in Hollywood and right? you watch Heat right no oh. Sorry. Okay, that is a the in terms of cops and robbers movies, Heat is like probably one of the best ones. Okay. Did they okay, do a remake with like uh, Melissa McCarthy and uh, Sandra Bullock? Just in name, in name, it has nothing okay, to do okay. with it. Sure no, Heat Heat is De Niro and Pacino at like some of their best, and we will probably be talking about it one day, just okay. like quickly when you watch it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was it for listener questions, actually. And, like, other movies, I don't know, like, obviously Scarface. I've seen Scarface quite a few times. And that's not really gangsta. a movie that gets, like, critical praise, but it's a cult classic, and, like, people just love it for the, the character. Tony Montana yeah. represents the, the American dream, basically, yeah. and just living the lifestyle again. And then, again, his downfall is well-documented. Like, it's every the... movie has that turn or that formula, the, mm-hmm. the, the rise, rise and fall. Yeah, the rise, the rain, and the fall. And Scarface presents it perfectly, uh, like not even you. There's so much foreshadowing, and like the way it's done is epic. I would say. I love so- Scarface. Yeah, such a good movie. Like his interactions with Sosa too, right? And like Sosa, all those conversations they have foreshadow exactly. Oh, everything like, exactly. Don't do these things. Yeah. You'll be fine. You do yeah. them. I'm gonna have to come after you basically. Yeah. And he had to go piss off his like kind of mentor figure, and who showed him the ropes on. If you want to live like I do, you want a helicopter at your crib, this is what you got to do and just don't do these things and, and you'll he be fine. It's like his tragic flaw, you know? Yeah. But like, back to Goodfellas quickly, in the beginning of the movie when Henry Hill, our main character, is a young boy and he's asked to testify and he doesn't say a word and then De Niro goes up to him and he says, congratulations. And Henry's like, why? I, I just got pinched. And De Niro's like, it's okay, everybody gets pinched. But what matters is you learn the two most important lessons in life. Never, never rat on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Yeah. And that, that's literally what Henry does at the end of the, the movie. End, yeah. He just, he does Full the opposite. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and that's awesome when movies do that, like a yeah. call back to the beginning and then. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just good filmmaking. That's why I like Scorsese. He knows how to tell a story really well. And that's what movies are. Yeah. He might not be the flashiest director with like special effects and big action sequences, but he just does the basics to perfection. Good dialogue, great acting, you know, presents a story really well. Yeah. And good dialogue can go a long way, right? Like Goodfellas has a lot of iconic scenes. Now to shift it to Scarface real quick. They're oh, like, for there's sure. a lot of memorable dialogue scenes. Like to me, when Scarface, uh, Tony kills um, the guy who wanted to bomb the car. Mm-hmm. I told him, no fucking kids. And like yeah. all that, they're like. Yeah. Played by the actor who's in Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah he plays um, Hector in Hector Breaking Salamanca. Bad. Hector yeah. Salamanca, yeah. What's Mark Morgolis? I think is yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I love I love movies like that where you, you know, foreshadowing and no down the road I'll definitely like give you some gangster more gangster movies to watch and Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco's solid because Al Pacino's just great. Yeah. Would you say that Blow is a gangster movie? For or? sure. Yeah, because yeah, I started yeah. watching it the other day and then I had something else to do there. But no, yeah, it's, it's, it's it based on a real life it. person. It's it's yeah. really good. Okay. But it's kind of like a drug movie more than more a gangster a movie. movie. Yeah. Speaking of drug movie, don't watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Anybody out there freaking warning you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I liked it, but I like, mean, it's that's trippy. on me. I asked you for it, right? Yeah. I, it's trippy. But anyways. is that necessarily a good thing? Yeah. And is that a gangster movie too? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? or No, not no, at all. Not I would all. just say it's Didn't a... Didn't finish it, so... No, no, no. It, it's it's a wacky movie. Another good gangster one is American Gangster with Denzel Washington. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Actually. No, it's good. Is Jay Z in there too, or he just made an album no, no, called no, American um, Gangster? Uh, there's a, a Ti. Ti, yeah. yeah. Takers classic gangster movie. Really? No. Okay. <laughs> I've never I've never seen no. it. Oh. Like Idris Elba, Paul Walker, Hayden Christensen, oh. Chris Brown. <laughs> Ti. Anakin Scar. Anakin's in it. Oh. I feel bad for <laughs> oh, that guy, man. but yeah. Well, at the, at the time of recording this, we haven't seen Star Wars yet. Going to see it in two days, so we'll see. Um, we'll discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the yeah. Well, we have, we will have already discussed it by the time this drops. So hopefully, we'll be satisfied with how the Star Wars. Yeah, God, the Skywalker saga concludes itself. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up on Star Wars there. So um, yeah, Matt, thanks a lot for running this one there. It's uh more your area of expertise yeah like talking about martin scorsese i could go on and on and talk about all his other movies but we just focusing on just his gangster we didn't even talk about all his gangster movies he has a couple more but uh just talk them for the like mean streets from 1973 like that's his big breakthrough movie and de niro's breakthrough movie okay from yeah so just talking about the goodfellas casino departed and irishman I think we cover them pretty solidly. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't seen those movies, I'd just I'd recommend Goodfellas, then The Departed. Probably like those are the two strong definitely the two strongest yeah. ones actually. Irishman or Casino, then what are you throwing at number three? I like well, you see I've seen Casino like twenty times. Right. I'm not even exaggerating. Like I, I know that I don't need to watch it again in my life, I'll still remember the movie. Yeah. So like I said, it's hard for me to talk objectively about him because I'm kind of obsessed with his movies. Um, but I'm glad that you you're exploring different directors, and yeah. it's your knowledge is going to continue to grow. Exactly. Yeah. 
So yeah, thanks a lot to everyone for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every other Monday. And yeah, peace. All right, good stuff.